Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And I'm welcoming and shouting out all the haters. Now, I'm not talking about mine, <laughs> though they exist. If there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. And now, it's Gabe Ramirez. Oh, you see the face right here? This, this little baby <laughs> face right here is until the Bears win. And now, Anthony Heron. I need another Okay, I'm going to come turn yeah, it on in just yeah, a couple get, of get, moments, all right? Guy needs another Paw Patrol. Your pop, give me like three minutes. I'm going to come turn on more Paw Patrol, okay? Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. And we're hanging out till 9 o'clock today. Got a great show. Got some good guests. Um, we got Tyler Buterball producing today. Shout out, Tyler. It's been a while since we've uh, worked together, Tyler. I looked at the uh, rundown. Last time we did a show was with you guys, and it was like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> did you tell the Did you tell the bosses you don't want to work with me no more? Or what's going on there? What's, what's the only plausible explanation? They thought I was a bad influence. Yeah, <laughs> it's too many new guys. <laughs> we got to get the new guys some reps in here. So, uh, what but, would be the uh, What would be the preferred viewing in the uh, the Ramirez household? If, if one of your one of your lovely little girls busted in on you in the middle of doing a show, what would they be asking for? Oh, you're talking about because your son asked for Paw Patrol right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right now, it would be. Um, it would be we don't talk about Bruno in Spanish, oh, okay, but in Spanish, right. in Espanol. Right. No se habla de Bruno. That that'd be and for like some it. odd reason that's my my daughter Riley's all over that's that. That's right the go-to. Now. Okay, uh, but if but if I walk in the room, I'm like, can we please watch the Bears game because I don't want to watch any of this. <laughs> and I was dying. On Sunday was crazy because you know I didn't have anything to do on Sunday. I didn't work at Fox. I didn't do no overnight for Bears right. Monday. Right. So I'm chilling and like I pulled up my laptop. I did the smart thing and. And I, I had one, you know, one daughter's watching one mid, midday at this point. One mm. daughter's watching one thing. One daughter's watching the other. My wife's on her phone. And usually, you know, I don't have any, I, I, like, they have our phones, so I have nothing to watch. So, okay. so I had the laptop out, had the red zone on, on the laptop. So then, and then the other key, fellas, this is a major key here, right? Don't watch, don't watch TV on your phone on Sundays because then, you, then your girl always just thinks you're on your phone. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You're always on your uh, phone, right? right? But if you, you got the laptop out, no, if you got the laptop yeah. out, then it's official. they know that your ass is not texting some other girl, that you're actually <laughs> watching the red zone on there. Uh, but I was watching some football Sunday because I couldn't get enough, man. Bears get, got the victory on Thursday. And I couldn't help but to notice that, you know, and, uh, so many people were just like the, the hot topic was no longer, you know, Justin Fields versus Bajan or Justin Fields versus the field. It was like the coaches all suck. 
Lou Getz sucks. Uh, I think we got to get somebody else in here for 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 the team and the organization. I'm curious where you, where you stand. I know you and I had a meeting earlier today, Bears Unleashed, about our show mm-hmm. on Friday on Fox, and you know we had a litany of of, of topics there. But but one that we can actually talk about here on Six Seven Score is 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 your thoughts on on like the Bears situation and the coaching situation and and what you think that should look like heading into next season. I think there's a lot to prove. And I, I would imagine that Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, that they they feel that, that they recognize that because year two is a very different sort of evaluation than the first year when a regime comes in. And so last year where I think where there was all the, the outside expectations and internally I think it was recognized also, especially like you and I have talked about Ryan Poles and the way he's been you know, shaping and, and reshaping this roster in the just over a season and a half that he's been running things for the Bears. And so when you look at last year, there was there was an acceptance that, yeah, we, we got to tear some things down to start to put some building blocks in, pro, in place to build this thing back up. And so th- there wasn't a high expectation to win a bunch of games last season anyway, but a lot of it was about the quarterback and just seeing what, who are the young pieces that it feels like via the draft and, and maybe some of the, the prove-it deals and free agent acquisitions. Who can be a part of the Bears trying to do some big things? And so you got a, a little bit of a sense for that last year. But then this year, the expectations do uptick for winning. Year two is different than year one. Like 0-16, frankly, would have been mm. fine last year. But this year is, is very different in that regard. And so coming off a win, another Thursday night football win, uh, for whatever reason, Thursday nights have been kind to the Bears in the Matt Eberflus era. And I think the way that the, that the team is being evaluated this season from a win-loss perspective the results aren't there. And so for Matt Eberflus, for Luke Getze, it, it's not only about, well, you know, can we continue to, to try to put this roster in a position to be developed, but then it's also how do we go about actually winning games to close this thing out, to show that we're starting to turn a corner. Now the Detroit Lions, it feels like where Detroit is at right now, this week's opponent, feels like that's a, that's a long way away from where the Bears are at. But you can hold the Lions up. And remember, early in the season, Justin Fields even referenced the Lions when the Bears were still winless at a certain point early in the year. He reminded folks, hey, Detroit started 1-6 and six last season and then just narrowly missed the playoffs. And that was early in this season, but we know that because of the strong finish the Lions had last year, the NFL was on notice. They had a lot of national TV games on the schedule this coming year, and they've lived up to every bit of that so far this season. And now the Bears get to test themselves against the best team in the division, one of the best teams in the NFC coming up this Sunday. And so the finish to this year from a win-loss perspective matters a lot. It doesn't matter, I think, still quite as much as the quarterback and as seeing what do these final seven games look like. If, if we assume, and I'm not, I'm not 100% confident yet what's going to happen with Justin Fields come this Sunday, but there's certainly more of an expectation from me than there have been. Like a lot of folks like, oh, maybe he's just going to miss one or two games. I tried to keep cautioning folks. He dislocated the thumb on his throwing hand, the hand that he has to take the football with every single snap and throw it down the field. And, you know, the, the whole passing from the pocket thing that Luke gets, he seems to really be anxious to make Justin Fields do over and over again. That's not his specialty right now at this point in his development anyway. So his throwing hand, the thumb on his throwing hand, is a very big deal for a quarterback. So I was never under the impression we were going to see Justin Fields get back out there real quick. But now, working on over a month, I do think it's a legit expectation that, you know, I, I think it's more likely than not we'll see Justin Fields this week. And so through that lens, yes, the development of the quarterback matters a lot. 
and and seeing him against this competition on the road in Detroit. Of course, as you know, I spent the first couple of years of my NFL career there. It's a fan base that is that probably feels as starved, if not more so, <laughs> than Bears fans for football excellence. And they are rabid and passionate. And now they're seeing one of the better teams in the NFC, one of the better teams in the NFL. They're seeing that play out in real time on the field. So I can only imagine how raucous the atmosphere is going to be this coming Sunday. But so for the Bears to, to have Justin Fields, if he's back in the lineup, and to have him and now a bolstered roster with – a receiver core that's starting to get a little bit healthier, an O-line that's playing well, a secondary on defense that's healthier now, and a pass rush that's bolstered with Montez Sweat. This, from a top-to-bottom roster perspective, shapes up where it should be the best version of the Bears from a roster perspective, a personnel perspective that we've seen all season with the potential for continuing to grow from there. So there should be excitement and anticipation for this weekend, not only for the quarterback, but what can this team as a whole continue to look like? Because for Matt Eberflus, winning games matter. They ain't got to win out here for him to keep his job or anything, I don't think. But, you know, I think the Lions are a nice example of, of just seeing where they were at a certain point. You think of a, a coach in Dan Campbell who, you know, was, was almost kind of laughed out of the building, basically. Everybody was mocking him for the opening press conference. Now you're a couple of years into this thing, and you see what they've been able to build there in Detroit and the Bears right now, Matt Eberflus tends to get mocked when he addresses the media. But the actual results on the field are what will end up mattering, and that's where you got to start putting some of those things in place, having some tangible evidence of growth. And there are. There, it might be a scintilla, but there is some evidence now that you're seeing an improving football team with the results on the field. I haven't talked to anybody about any of, the, any of those things. I feel the support. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670, the score. You know, it, it's interesting because when you're thinking about the Detroit Lions, and you're right, like the coach himself, you know, people were mocking him initially, but then you hear guys like Jared Goff say, hey, man, you know, he's a great leader. You know, he'd run through a wall for us. I'd run through a wall for him. And, it's, and ultimately that's what you want from a coach, right, to be able to lead men, grown men who are, who are free thinkers, into buying into the same, you know, same goal, getting on the same train, you know, I heard Lim Manuel Miranda. I was watching Encanto, oh, yeah? the Hollywood Bowl, and he had these kids that were going to be singing and filling in for someone that couldn't necessarily make it. And he looked at the kids and he said, "He said this this movie's about family." He's like, "So we need to be a family on stage." He goes, "Look around to, to the person next to you and say, I got your back.'" Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at these little kids and they're doing it and they're hyped. They're like, "I got your back. I got your back." <laughs> and I'm like, "Damn. Like that's what that but that's the kind of buy-in you need, right?" Those like, Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel. Got him ready. He had him ready. But but you need that buy-in. And and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because there's just been a lot of debate about uh, around how important coaching is. And when you're talking about Campbell, when you're talking about Flus, it's like when there's success in in the in the in the game or in a season, it, it it's the player Right, it's C.J. Stroud that's just so good, right? But mm-hmm. when there's failure, it's lack of coaching, like Bryce Young with the Chicago Bears. So, and like thinking back to your journey to the NFL and, and playing in the NFL, like like for you, I guess I'm trying to figure out, and we are trying to figure out how important is coaching to the to the growth and development of a player that that's in the league. It matters a lot, man. It, it makes it makes an exponential difference, and especially because there's so much on the plate 
of a quarterback in, in all these situations. All 32 teams are going to have a quarterback with a lot on their plate. And how much they can handle will differ, of course, from, from one team to the next. But, you know, going back, I can't tell you how many years at this point, but evaluating quarterbacks even heading into the draft and then as they're in the league. And I was, I was just cycling through my phone a little bit earlier today because, you know, Apple does the thing where they all like have certain pictures pop up every once in a while. Like, hey, remember this? And uh, what came up, there was a couple of photos from uh, one of the NFL drafts. I think it was the 2017 draft that I, I want to say was in Philly. And I was out there covering that draft. I'm on the red carpet. And Mitch Trubisky is out there. You know, it's before the draft, seeing him on the red carpet addressing the media. And she's like, all right, this, this might be the guy the Bears are going to draft here. We'll see how this thing goes. So I'm snapping a couple of pictures of Mitchell Trubisky out there on the red carpet. And even during the time that Trubisky was here, kept trying to remind folks where early on, I was like, oh, well, he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, it, it went through cycles. First it was, why on earth is Mike Glennon out there early? They, they should just force Trubisky into the lineup. What difference does it make? What do they have to lose? Folks love saying, what do they have to lose? As though there's not a football game here to be lost. You know, like John Fox was like three, four years into this thing with the Bears, and John Fox is just supposed to be okay putting <laughs> right. the dude out there who makes it more likely for him to lose games with some rookie quarterback. But then, you know, if Glennon gets about a month. Here comes Trubisky. He doesn't know what he's doing. And sure, things don't get much worse from there or whatever. Mitch goes through his rookie season. Then you get Matt Nagy coming in. And, uh, everything just takes off that first Nagy season. Like, they finally got their guy. They got their offensive guru. That's exactly what they needed. Now Mitchell still doesn't look great, but you got the defense. And you got some trick plays. And the quarterback's going to come along. He's got some physical traits. Everybody's all excited about that. About halfway through that season, started cautioning, cautioning folks. Like, I'm, I'm not completely sure that this guy actually knows what he's doing, calling plays on offense. Maybe we need to, you know, we'll see. If they keep the defense rolling, this thing might be sustainable here. And then the defense started getting old and and leaky, and the quarterback didn't develop. But the development of that position more, more than any other can be a really dependent spot. And so that's where what we're seeing from C.J. Stroud this season with the Texans so far is just so monumentally impressive especially when, when you juxtapose that with with Bryce Young and what what we just experienced in the Bears opponent from Thursday night football because you know CJ Stroud is is in a better situation I think with the talent around him on offense but it's it's not like you know like the Texans roster is just you know dripping with talent from every pore but you are seeing the the presence that CJ Stroud brings to the table you're seeing in the system that he's in especially offensively how he's operating beyond the X's and O's and just doing things at a level beyond his years. But most quarterbacks aren't able to step in and do that. So, you know, every young quarterback, should they all be judged by the C.J. Stroud standards? Probably not a fair standard because he's the exception to the rule. It is such a dependent position on personnel around you, on play caller, on whether or not your defense is putting you in advantageous situations when they take the field. And so that's where – you know, D'Amico Ryans does deserve a lot of credit. You, uh, you know, folks talking about whether or not he could be NFL Coach of the Year this year, whether or not C.J. Stroud could be NFL MVP if they keep winning at this clip. And they're both deserving of those kind of accolades and those kind of conversations for the way this season has begun for the Texans. But right now what we're seeing in a first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback, they're both the exception to how this thing tends to go. And I know, you know, I use the term starved when talking about Lions fans and Bears fans. We just don't tend to see that in this city. We haven't had that experience with the Bears here in Chicago. So like, why not us? Why not now? When are we do? When are the Bears going to get that combo? 
And it may never come, but there's a lot of teams who are successful around football who don't necessarily get that, where it just looks easy and obvious from jump. And think back to 2018, where at the time, a lot of folks started assuming it was easy and obvious there because of how year one went with Matt Nagy. But sustaining competency, let alone excellence, is just so hard in the National Football League from one week to the next, let alone one season to the next. That's why I was I was one of the last people on the Patrick Mahomes as best quarterback of all time bandwagon. Me and Golf used to argue about it all the time because he right away, a lot of folks were, hey, it's the best thing we've ever seen. Like, yeah, for one year it has been. Let me at least see it for another season. Then about halfway through year two, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm there. I'm with you now. But I, I just tend to take a bit of a wait-and-see approach. That's why I'm not all the way out on Justin Fields. I'm not all the way out on Matt Eberflus yet. But for the moment, there is a lot that will need to be proven here because everything needs to coalesce in most situations for these quarterbacks to have success. Yeah, and I think that, you know, for those that are out on Eberflus or out on Fields already, and then there's – because there's three different groups, right? It's I'm out, I'm completely in, he's still the guy, the coaching mm-hmm. sucks and everything else sucks. And then there's the wait-and-see approach, right, like mm-hmm. that you're saying. And I think it's important for people to hear that doesn't mean, like, that you are favoring the those options that are on the opposite sides of you, right? Where you're, yeah. you're, it's like I'm in the middle. I don't know if I'm out on field, and I don't know uh, if I'm in on field. I don't know if I'm out on, but, I, but I'm neither here nor there. But I am, I am, I'm watching these games, still evaluating in real time. But it's not to say that my ultimate determination will not be Justin Fields is not the guy, right? right. It, it still can be that, and I think a lot of times. Like when texts come in and people call in and they're like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about, but I've seen enough. It's like, okay, fine. You've seen enough. <laughs> right. I still want him, not me. I, I'm on the other side. I, I already know what my thoughts are and opinions, but I want people mm-hmm. to hear that because, you know, you get the text messages, you get the phone calls, and you see those things. But we also want to encourage Bears fans to feel the same way. Like you don't have to choose one or the other mm-hmm. right now. It's okay to be like, yeah, you know what? I don't know. You guys don't get paid for this. You can have your opinion that's just <laughs> like, no. You know what I'm saying? I don't know yet, and that's okay. And I think that's where people should be. Like, even though I'm, I'm giving my opinion, trying to like believe my eyes and, and say what my eyes are seeing, and that's why I do that. But, I, but I'm still a fan. I think ultimately I'm like still like, yeah, I, 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 I want Justin Fields to be playing Sunday. And even if I feel like I'm out, and even if I feel like he's not a top 15 quarterback, and even though I feel like the Bears are still going to draft one next year, I still want to see Justin Fields play football. He's still a good football player. He's exciting. And, and, and I want to see that. On, on, that's why you watch the NFL. Um, but, but, again, I think, you know, we have to figure out that we as, fan, as a fan base where we want to be at in the argument so that that way we can watch games accordingly. And, and that's what, what, what most people are going to be into. And Dave wants that and was very clear about where he stands on this whole thing because if you listen to his answer about what he thought about Coach Eberflus and what he's been doing for this team, it's very telling. And we are going to play – uh, some audio from Dave Wanstat after the break. Coach Wanstat talks about Eberflus and Justin Fields and what he wants to see for him in the remainder of the season. We'll get to that after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron on a Tuesday live and local right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I mean, the defense is doing outstanding. I mean, Matt Eberflus has done a super job. We're like in the top ten, you know, yes. stopping the run. Uh, and now all of a sudden our third down. I looked last night. I think we're like 11th in the in the NFL at third down, getting getting off the field, stopping people. And we're no, and how are we doing it? We're not getting the sacks yet. Yes, but we're getting solid pressure. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Here comes the boom, and it's the Bears defense that we're talking about. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. Coach Wanstad talking about. Eberflus and the job that he's done with this defense. Um, what you didn't hear a lot of is how amazing he is as a coach. <laughs> I was listening earlier this morning, and I was like, hmm, here's what I haven't heard come out of your mouth yet, Coach. Wants it. Great. Hey, hey, defense, great. Love it. And I'm going to play a clip a little bit. I mean, he does have to coach the defense. Sure. This is one aspect of the hey. team. It's the one he's most responsible for. It's like, uh, it's like uh, you know, I don't want to shade the producer, but it's like a, it's like a, it's like a new producer, right? A brand new producer, okay. right? Like, uh-huh. like let's say if he was asked to be on air, right? right? Mm, might be tough, might be tough, might be a little green. That's what we mm-hmm. call it in the industry, right? But his editing and his booking, amazing. Right, All right. you you produced a three hour show, you see but you know what, man? That one power ranking segment, you <laughs> killed it. Saying. That's what I'm saying. But like, what about the other two hours and saying. forty minutes? Like, hey, hey. Wow. Those guests you got? Wow. Awesome. Uh, right. Those segues in and out of the breaks, though, oh, man, that was rough. We didn't even talk about those, uh, like Bruno. Um, but let's call back there. Uh, but, right. but but I think that, you know, to me, Dave wants that there was something to you know, read in between the lines. Um, but, he, but he talked about a, a bunch of other stuff, and, and there's there are some other things I want to get into. I mean, of course, uh, first and foremost, talking about the defense there, but he also, Dave wants that, talked about, you know, Justin Fields and, and his, his potential return and what that means to the Chicago Bears. I think here's what where the Bears are at. They they need to see, is Justin going to be the quarterback that, and I know I'm repeating myself, that we're down by a score or 10 or whatever at the end of the game and he can take us down in a hurry-up situation and score a couple of times. Now, to do that, obviously you're going to have to be throwing the football and so forth. The, so they, I think they, in their hearts, they they are uncertain about that, as we all are, and we want to see that. But what gives you the best chance to win? The best chance to win is for Luke Getze to pull, go get that playbook that he used last year, and just go in and say, "This is the plan 
for this week against Detroit. We got five quarterback design runs. Uh, we're going to call with you the sweep, the option, the RPO. Yeah. You know, and we're going to go back to doing that. Yeah. And Justin, you are the you are going to be the focal point of our offense, run and pass. And uh, now, you know, can they win doing that? They might be able to. Now, and when he's talking about Justin Fields, I mean, obviously. It's the same thing a lot of us have been hearing for a long time. Um, but but I, one thing he also touched on was wanting to see a guy come back after being on the sidelines for so long. Jared Payton talked about that as well uh, when he was talking to Mully and Haw. Mm. What, what is that like? You know, because cause is that just fluff? Is that just w- what, something that we as fans talk about? We're like, oh, he's waiting on the sideline and he's a pit bull on a chain ready to be <laughs> unleashed. Like, is that even something that – or is – or is it like everything else? You know, hey, just going through the steps, going through progressions, being a better football player day in and day out. It does matter. You know, you, you certainly want the time out of the lineup to be productive. You know, some of the – and it's hard to sort of discern all of it on a TV copy, but some of the shots of cutting over to Justin Fields on the sidelines where it looks like he's fully engaged in the game plan. He's got the headset on. Maybe he's got sunglasses on too. Maybe he's wearing shades indoors, but whatever. He's got the headset on, though, and he's got a play card in his hands, and he's listening – and you see him talking, like, you know, the Bears go into the huddle and they cut over and there's Justin Fields on the sideline. And you'll see, you've seen in, in multiple games where they cut over to him and he's verbalizing, like, there's nobody around him, but he's got a headset on and you see him look down and he starts talking. That looks to me like a guy who's even just repeating the play call to himself as it's going in, as he's hearing it, and just getting you know, you use the term mental reps. You, you play ball, you know about mental reps. A lot of mm-hmm. folks might hear the term mental reps. But that's what that looks like to me as a guy at least taking the mental reps while he's there and staying engaged in what's going on on the field. That's not going to guarantee him anything out there, but it does look like a guy who is fully engrossed in what the Bears are still trying to accomplish. And Bajan comes over. They do a little talking on the sideline. And Getsy comes. I mean, he, he looks like someone who has stayed involved and what the Bears have been trying to accomplish on offense. So that's a good thing as the thumb has been healing up. And, you know, I I really would be shocked if the thumb is back to normal at any point, even by the end of the season. But is it good enough for him to throw a tight spiral to get velocity on the football, especially as the weather? Now, they got a couple of dome games coming up here, which will help from a weather perspective. Get back to the point where you're outdoors, you're trying to grip a cold football or a wet football, then that can be even more difficult if your thumb isn't quite right. But that's one positive thing one I won't call it an advantage but one positive for having a thumb injury in your throwing hand next couple of games Detroit Minnesota dome stadiums indoors climate controlled and that'll be a good thing and I think for fields the time out of the lineup it does matter it does help you know Chris Collinsworth during the the Sunday night game I think he it he overdid it as far as his phrasing of like, you know, Justin Fields trying to learn something from Tyson Bajan. You know. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> yeah, but you know, my impression is the message he's trying to deliver there is that, you know, players can certainly, you know, we can all, in theory, learn something, get something from being out of the lineup and watching other people, especially watching someone do your exact position. And there is a difference between the two. Now, there's a reason. I was talking to you, you and Cassie about this on, on Bears Unleashed last Friday. There is a reason that Tyson Bajan executes the position differently than Justin Fields. You know, he, he has to. He, he's got there, – there are physical limitations to Tyson Bajan's game, just like there are physical limitations to a number of other quarterbacks. And so you have to execute the position in the way that gives you the best opportunity 
for success. For Tyson Bagent, one of the reasons he had success as an amateur athlete and the way that for a guy in, what was it, four starts, that he was able to, to look competent and, for the most part, comfortable was the fact that he is very decisive and gets the ball out of his hands on time and isn't frequently going to be in a position to really take a big shot play down the field and he can get you some yards. He's mobile enough to get you some yards with his legs, but he's obviously not Justin Fields. But those are the aspects of the quarterback position that he does execute really effectively. The sharp, quick release, the decision-making, the accuracy, those are, are really exceptional for a guy at his level of his development. Justin Fields executes the quarterback position differently. He, there's a reason he will hold the football longer. He can get away with it. Yes, it will lead to some sacks. Just like Russell Wilson has always been a guy that takes a bunch of sacks throughout his career, but he has also had a bunch of big pass plays, picked up huge chunk plays. Think about the, the one, the, the amazing touchdown pass he threw the other night where he's extending the play, he's running backwards, he's rolling out last second away from defenders and then floating the ball just right over towards where there's an eyelash between his intended receiver and the sideline and he fits it in there. That's been Russell Wilson throughout the, the bulk of his career, making moments like that happen. That's an area where he held the football much longer than he probably needed to and a different quarterback behind center would have likely done something else, maybe checked it down or tried to throw it with some anticipation to get it into a window and trust a guy to run after the catch. Quarterbacks execute the position differently. Not everyone is created equally in that spot. So Justin Fields certainly doesn't need to look like Tyson Bajan, but Justin Fields needs to look like the best version of Justin Fields. And to me, a very similar version of the Bears offense that Luke Getze called, I, I, I saw a lot of similarities, even from the Denver game and the Washington game to some of these recent games that Luke Getze called with Tyson Bajan at quarterback. And so I, I didn't think it was as ridiculous as some folks thought it did where Luke Getzey said, like, you know, from one quarterback to the next, I don't need a different playbook. I don't have to call the game completely right. different. You know, I mean, it, the, the playbook is what it is. Will there be little nuances and wrinkles that he's more likely to call certain plays more frequently with Fields than Bajant? That should be the case, but he's not going to run some completely different offense, but each guy will execute those a little bit differently. Bajant, well, more likely, once he hits that third step or fifth step, he's going to be looking to get rid of it. And it can lead to a near interception to Cole Komet on an out route because he's trying to trust his anticipation and his route, and he's staring Komet down. And so multiple defenders are right there ready to pick it off. That type of stuff is going to happen on occasion. But then, by comparison, Justin Fields, he might hold it a little bit longer, look for that shot play, allow a deeper pass to develop because he's got the arm strength to feed it down there. Just the mentality where he's looking for that big game on one snap to the next because he's got the ability to hold it longer, to evade defenders, to make something big happen. Both guys are just different in the way they execute it. In the end, it's not like one way is right or one way is wrong if it's leading to success. And that's where, to me, Luke Getze, he's got to continue just like he did Against the Panthers, he moved the pocket a bunch with Tyson Bajan. Against the Saints, he moved the pocket a bunch with Tyson Bajan. Now, Bajan is a guy who might get you five or six yards, maybe even 12 yards with his legs. Some of those same play calls with the RPOs, with the QB run, with just boots and sprint action, Justin Fields as a threat being called outside the pocket. That opens up a whole different aspect to the Bears' playbook that gets he did it against Denver. He did it against Washington. The stats showed for whatever reason, he decided not to do it against Minnesota, and it just it just doesn't suit the best version of Justin Fields. But we've seen him moving the pocket a bunch with Tyson Bajan in recent games. I hope that's what we end up seeing on Sunday if Justin Fields is back in there.
Yeah, and they were going to need to see some of that, Ant, because the Bears most certainly are going to be trying to win this game against the Lions, and the Lions, they might be, you know, overlooking the Bears. And so it might be one of those trap games that we're all looking forward to. Uh, but is that the case? Well, luckily, we get to talk to Danny Rogers next. She's the reporter for the Lions on Inside the Pride on Lions TV, and she's going to tell us, you know, whether or not, you know, they don't even, they're not even worried about the NFC North anymore. <laughs> Maybe they're just looking at the NFC as a whole. Danny Rogers gives us her take on the outlook for the Detroit Lions next. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Aaron here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I would say balance. You know, the ability to distribute the ball. You know, and, and if you look at their production, uh, where it comes from. Um, you know, obviously the backs are a big part of what they do. Uh, the addition of the new back that they have. I'm obviously an explosive player uh, with Montgomery. I think that's a really uh, a yin and a yang type of situation, really good for them. Um, obviously the, uh, the the rising of their, their tight end, um, Laporta, I think he does a really good job uh, in that offense. You know, and then their receiving core. You know, you got St. Brown, who's a big part of their production as well. And, uh, and those guys being able to distribute the ball to those guys equally. And uh, that's, that's what makes it so hard to defend. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Coach Eberflus talking about the Lions, their offense, talking about balance. Wait, so they don't start the game off with three straight passes like Lou Getze does? <laughs> They're not an empty? I'm confused. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings, we know you're blitzing. We're going to go ahead and throw the ball anyway. Not balance? Okay, okay, okay. So he, so he knows what is successful in the league, like what teams – have good balance. Because if you're looking at the top teams in the league outside of, like, the Chiefs, right, you know the teams, like the Eagles are running the ball. You know, you know, people, teams are running the ball and they're having good balance. You see the Niners doing it. You see teams like that. And it's just interesting to hear hear that. And then I love that he didn't name Montgomery initially. He <laughs> said the new new addition to the backs for Detroit. Bro, say his name, bro. You know you know who it was. And then he had to throw it in throw it in there at the very end. But there is a lot of, a lot of uh, admiration and appreciation for – what's happening in the NFC North with the Detroit Lions. And we get an opportunity uh, to talk a little bit more about the squad uh, with our next guest joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Uh, she is the Detroit Lions reporter. She's also uh, on Inside the Pride on Lions TV. You can follow her on Twitter at Danny Rogers underscore underscore. Did I get that right, Danny? Two underscores? There's three, three there's underscores. There's three in there. Thank you very much, Elon. <laughs> Damn, I was sitting there. I, I think to... there's actually 12. I think there's 12 <laughs> underscores yep. in there, so just right. make sure. got to be unique, though. Uh, but, Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. You guys sure do give Chicago heck for, for being there. I, I don't know. You guys are... You guys are hitting home with some of those comments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of frustration. See, well, you you know the opposite end of it, though, because you've seen the Lions fans have had some frustration over the years, and now they've gotten to witness something building between the stretch finishing out last season and now the 7-2 start to this year. What would you point to in the way that this has been restructured in Detroit? You've gotten to cover it for a few years here, Danny. What's some of the main cogs that have led the Lions to where they are right now at 7-2? and two? Mm-hmm. Yep, I was there for Coach Campbell's first year. That was my first year with Detroit. 
shout out to the three wins that <laughs> the team was able to pick up. So you're right, 100% uh, have been through the ringer with these with this team, and it's it's interesting because you want to just point to one thing this season, but just just talking about the first season with Dan Campbell, like he hasn't been operating any differently since the first year that he started coaching in Detroit. It's so similar the way he talks, the way he coaches, um, the way he carries himself. You would never know if we were winning three games or if we were seven and nine. He comes in every week and is the same exact human. The big difference now, though, is it's the talent. And, And I had asked our coaching staff, a few, a few of the coaches on the staff going into this season. I'm like, look, what? how do you not get off to a slow start? How do you rack wins up in the, in the first portion of the season rather than the second half of it? And they're like, listen, we, we won't get off to a slow start because of the personnel. We are just that much better talent-wise. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that opening soundbite hit on a lot of them. Got Jameer Gibbs, Monty, who I think has completely changed this mm-hmm. offense. Of I, I do not love this offense when Monty is not in there. Um, and then, of course, Laporta. Who would have thought second-round pick out of – I mean, yeah, he's an Iowa tight end, but having this much production, being a, a first-down machine, um, he was one of the big reasons Detroit was able to be in field goal position at the Chargers with that, that – um, first down catch over midfield it was it was awesome uh, and then the defense has just made so many strides I know defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn was on the hot seat the first two years it you know anytime you let a team put up 38 points it's probably not a great outing um, but the defense I mean the run and pass defense near the top of the league which it was just at the bottom last year so you've upped the talent You've got new bodies in the secondary, and everyone up front has just had a year or two more of experience and playing with each other. So it's it really is the little details that have been in the works for a few seasons now that I think really have made a difference. Continuity works for some people, not the Chicago Bulls, but for the Detroit Lions most certainly. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Danny Rogers here on 670 The Score, uh, Detroit Lions reporter. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron. Now, I love the fact that you pointed out David Montgomery. Obviously, he adds stability to the team, right? Balance happens a lot easier when you have a good running game, especially someone that has a chip on his shoulder. Montgomery certainly has that. But but talk to me about Jared Goff a little bit, uh, Danny. I I, I feel like I'm curious what Detroit thinks about him, right? This is a guy who's had an up-and-down career, you know, has found himself a home in Detroit. Seems as though they, they support him. But I'm, I'm curious, like, how much do they love him? Like, is he now Detroit's son, or are people still, you know, just a little bit cynical and thinking that, hey, this thing might crumble with this guy under center? Oh, gosh. I will tell you that that seemed like the outside mindset first year. Only three wins. Golf was in a completely new system. Um, and it, it just it wasn't working that great. They weren't, you know, elevating golf's potential and really that had a lot to do with the weapons around him then comes year two offense gets a little bit better we are now seeing this calculated ben johnson offensive coordinator who's drawing up these insane creative plays and they are working um they're being executed to perfection and you're like okay well the drafting a quarterback talk has been it died down a little bit this season um the city loves him adores him Jared Goff has loved the city back since the moment he stepped here into Detroit, but he's had his moments where he's like, yeah, it was tough. I was criticized. Um, he mainly blames that on the media, which of 
fair. Uh, you got to write what you got to write based on, you know, the outcomes. He is, he, he really is the perfect fit for Detroit. He's like Monty has a chip on his shoulder when you're traded from a team. And, you know, the, the guy that, that they said was better than you goes on to win a Super Bowl. That is so tough to deal with. I still don't know how he's, he's been able to deal with. He's only a year older than me. So he's only, what, 20, 29 years old. 22, 22, Danny, 22. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So young, but he has so much experience. He's done so much. So I will tell you, Detroit loves him, especially because we're winning right now. But at the caliber that this offense is playing, like I don't think there's any question. I have no insider info, but I don't think there's any question that you that you re-sign Goff back. I, I, I think it's, it's set in stone. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, it was – just really the early portion of last season with that one and six start where there was still a lot of questions about that. And so here in Chicago, that's a part of the perspective that I've been trying to sort of remind folks of in using Detroit as that beacon that Bears fans can still sort of reach for in the second half of this season. As you were there game in and game out, you know, watching it play out and and covering every inch of it, Danny, last year, was there a particular turning point in the season last year that led Detroit towards that strong start that now seemingly has kind of catapulted them towards what we've seen in, through the first half of this year? Yeah, I believe it. Wasn't it the Thanksgiving game against the Bills? Um, I think that was it, if, if I can recall. It was just – it was an almost win against one of the best teams in the league. And then you go on to have that hot start. And it, and it was because the defense absolutely – balled out and that led to three picks on Aaron Rodgers by Kirby Joseph alone in a single season Um, I will say that really set it off so it was the defense coming up I remember this in numerous clutch plays in the fourth quarter when they needed to to win a ball game they were getting stops or they were getting takeaways that was the turning point so when the defense got on the same page and it was it was finally doing what Aaron Glenn wanted it to do and it was playing consistently and playing aggressive downhill that's when the turning point came into play and that's what you're seeing play out exact exactly like this season so far the defense has been has been pretty dang good um the numbers are are outstanding they've held almost every single team below 100 rushing yards so far this season Uh, and that is a direct carryover from last season but they're doing it with a lot of bodies that are are newer in the secondary or at least they tried to Amino Mosley was supposed to be, you know, a starter. He re-tears, or actually he tears his other ACL that he was just rehabbing. DJ Gardner-Johnson has a torn pec issue. Um, who else? It, it was like you were trying to build up the secondary, but it didn't really work. You went back to your original pieces. They had already had a fire lit under them, um, and it just worked. So when that defense turned the page last year, really halfway through the season, this entire team, I feel like, finally saw what it took to win a ball game. Yeah, and we're going to see this defense firsthand. Sunday, Bears taking on the Lions. Uh, we are talking to Danny Rogers, uh, Lions reporter here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Uh, Danny, I'm looking at the schedule for the for the Lions, what, what remains, that is. And two against the Bears, and I knew about that, but I didn't know you still had two against the Vikings in, 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 on the 24th and on the 7th. That's interesting. What do you feel about, and there's a Packers game in there as well, like, do you think, because for me, it's like, oh, this is a trap game for the Lions. Lions are playing well. Yeah. They're feeling themselves. Bears are still out there trying to get some sort of traction. Like, is that a possibility for this team, or do you think the Lions are just so laser-focused right now? It's just, the, 
you guys know, Detroit has not won a ton. I grew up in Metro Detroit. Like, my dad is a die. He will go to his grave and still be the biggest Barry Sanders fan, like, alive. <laughs> but it's just, I, I, was, I was born around it, so I feel like I can say that Detroit just has not won a lot. So the players are very well aware of that. So when you say, oh, this is a trap game, or, oh, they've done so well, what have they done? They haven't won a playoff game. And how who, how long? They haven't gone to the playoffs. So it is very difficult for anyone to say that this is a trap game, that Detroit thinks they're better than anyone, because every player and coach will tell you they haven't done much yet. And and that's what they're laser focused on is is rewriting this thing. I'll just say, you know, what, Bucks got into the playoffs with seven wins last season. I, I mean, anything can happen. Uh, but I really like the latter part of Detroit Lions' schedule. Yeah, Vikings are red hot right now. And I don't know why the NFL schedule makers decided to schedule them week 16 and 18 for us. That is bizarre. Uh, but Lions, they're just going to work with what they got. Now, with that in mind, Danny, and the the schedule kind of being what it is and a lot of divisional clashes uh, still to come from this point forward, then uh, from Detroit's perspective, where's the main area of growth that's still necessary? If there's something that concerns people, I would imagine it's something on the defensive side of the football, but where's the main spot that Detroit still needs to show another gear? Yeah, I mean, gosh, well, I can I can tell you three areas that, that Detroit has really been trying to focus on. It's turnover margin. They went into L.A. even. Um, they're plus one now after that takeaway against uh, Justin Herbert this past weekend. They really, really need to work on red zone efficiency. That was a really big uh, emphasis after the bye week. Detroit, two for four, 50% against L.A. While Chargers were three for three. They were 100%. So there's always room um, to improve. So those are a couple of you know, the big things. I think it'll it'll be the consistency on defense, and you're right. And I think it'll come in the take the takeaway category. Turnover mark, it, it, it's so critical. If if Kirby Joseph doesn't come up with that interception Sunday, it, it's probably a totally different ball game. So um, that's what they emphasize. Aaron Glenn's not a big sack guy. Lions had zero sacks against the Chargers because his main focus is takeaway. So I think, I think that's going to be one of their big parts of an emphasis throughout the rest of the season. We appreciate you, Danny, so much for jumping on and giving us some insight on the Detroit Lions. It's going to be a good game Sunday. I know you'll be there checking it out. And, uh, hey, real quick. Yeah, yeah. How many uh, How many Michigan versus everybody shirts are, are you buying folks for the holidays, Danny? <laughs> saw that tweet. And, you know, I'm uninvolved in all of that, um, but it has been the most entertaining thing I've ever followed you know, from a very far distance. I, okay. I can't. So you, uh, those aren't going to be your stocking stuffers for everyone, just Michigan versus everyone? Underneath the shirt. Underneath the sweaters <laughs> oh, that she gives God. out. And that's what's going to happen right there. It's uh, a lot. It's a lot. I'll say that. Yes, it is. <laughs> she said it that's it. Is. That's all I'm going to say right there. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you, Danny. Danny, have a great evening. Thanks, guys. You too. Of course, Danny Rogers, <laughs> Detroit Lions reporter, hanging out with us here. Make sure you follow our Twitter at Danny, D-A-N-N-I-E. Rogers, no D, and then as we heard at the beginning, three underscores. Underscore, that, underscore, 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 that's, underscore. That's when you're like, I underscore. really want my name in the thing. <laughs> What's crazy is that that's a unique name, D A N N I E, and then right? Rogers, no D. Like uh-huh. you, you didn't like one underscore couldn't get you now, the name. 
So why did you go Chicago? Your Chicago underscore Gabe, yeah. right? My, so why did you my, go with that my, as opposed to just Gabe? Were there too many other Gabe Ramirez well, out there? Well, there, there, there is. It's a guy that works for CNN that is a producer out there, and his mm. Twitter handle is Gabe Ramirez. But for initially, you know, when I when Twitter was popping and I got my first Twitter handle, it was Hey Producer Gabe because oh, okay, I was yep, producing the yep, morning show, so that's right. what it was. And then, and I tell this to all producers, Tyler, you, you included in this. I always tell producers, don't let anyone call you producer anything, right? Because that's usually what happens on shows. Like, oh, we got producer Jeff here, or producer, because that pigeonholes you. You know what I'm saying? And then you can't be like you can't be anything else. And so I, once I realized that, like a year in, I changed everything. I was like, yo, I told my boss, I was like, when I renew my contract, I was like, no one will call me producer Gabe anymore. I will be Gabe Ramirez. And then I started trying to like change my, I changed. But my, aren't my you like thing. the most famous producer, whatever in this town? Like, is anybody else known as producer so and so in Chicago? Like, the, that's, the, the, that's the part thing, of your brand. No, 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 no. And see, in, in morning radio, like in morning radio on, on in music, like uh, wh- whether it's pop, it's whatever. Like everybody has their producer, and they always call them producer. Ah, something. okay. So it's not just okay. here; it's across the country. It's but, I got but it's you. like and in music stations, that's what happens. Uh, Look at me getting all defensive. Uh, all right, uh, let's go ahead and change subject for I just going to rant about uh, things that I dislike. Frontman Tyler. We'll go with yeah. that. Frontman Tyler. Exactly. It's much better than producer Tyler, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> the Bulls have been uh, dealing with some rumors. Of course, teams. it's been said that teams have been inquiring incessantly about a player on the squad. Which of the three, who is that? And uh, what about these Chicago Bulls in their current state? Anthony and I will discuss after this. It's 670 The Score. You have the best producers in the world. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.